to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Take your Bibles this morning, go to Mark chapter 1. The Lord has impressed me all week long to teach on the kingdom of God and one of the most important aspects of the kingdom of God, especially if you've been in church a long time or you've been around church or been in a denomination, there's a way of thinking that has to change in your life in order for you to participate in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is basically God's government. That's what it is. It is a government just like you see the governments in the natural realm. People say, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is that? It is the government of God. God's the one who instituted government. And here in Mark chapter 1, look at verse 15. Jesus says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God or the government of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel or believe the good news. Jesus basically came to bring the kingdom of God or the government God back to earth. He reestablished the heavenly government on earth. This government has laws just like any other government. It has values. It has morals. Man, basically, when Adam and Eve fell, they lost the kingdom of God, and they lost their authority, and they lost their dominion. Jesus came to bring that government or that kingdom back to the earth realm. Now, I've been in church quite a while. When I first in church in my early years, basically, most of being saved was no more than leaving earth and going to heaven. But notice the kingdom of God is different than that, the government of God, because Jesus even told us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. So the kingdom of God and the government of God basically has the effect of bringing God's government back into the earth realm so that it abides by his rules, his values, his morals, and everything else. So Jesus wanted to bring the government back. The government has nothing to do with religion. It is not religious. It is not whack-out, soupy spiritual. It is just a typical government, praise God, only it's a spiritual government. That's why mankind continually tries to make governments work, but they will not work because they come from man out of the earth and the only kingdom that's ever going to work in the government is one that comes from heaven down to earth through mankind. Now notice, the kingdom's only going to come through mankind. That means you have a responsibility. Your purpose and your responsibility here is to allow the kingdom of God to come through you on the inside. The kingdom's not going to come. It's not going to start a war. It's not going to do a rebellion. It's not going to do a coup to take over this world system. It is going to penetrate the hearts and the lives of people who have been born into the kingdom of God who are citizens, who are now transferred to the earth realm where we are supposed to usher in the kingdom of God, his values, his thoughts, his desires into this earth realm. If you remember back in Acts chapter 1, Jesus was talking to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And they were all excited. Are you now going to give us Israel back? Are you going to give us Jerusalem back? Are we going to ride in on a horse and take this thing back? And Jesus says, no, but I will tell you this. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. What was he talking about? This kingdom is not going to be a natural thing. It's not going to have to do with territories. It's going to have to do with the Spirit of God living on the inside of men once again. And by him living in there, they are going to be able to bring the government, the power, the authority of God back into this earth realm once again. We, we see what's going on in the world now basically with the governments that are going on. It doesn't matter what kind of government you look at, what kind of government you see, whether they be religious governments, whether they be regular governments, whether they're a dictatorship, whether they are socialism, whether they are communism, whether they're Hindu, whether they're Islam, no matter what they are, they are all falling apart. 
That is because man's kingdom and man's government will never do it because man basically is corrupt. And when he's corrupt, when he's elevated into a position, most of the time they change basically what they believe. And instead of for the people, it becomes for me. In other words, the dictator will take over. Socialism will take over, and it will oppress the people. So all these things are not working in the natural realm. That means there needs to be a government come to the earth realm, basically, that promotes peace, that promotes righteousness, that promotes joy, that promotes all these things. And that is the government of God that we are responsible to bring back into. So Jesus shows up. He says, repent, because now a new kingdom is here. The kingdom and government of God is here, and you should basically believe the good news. Well, what's the good news? The good news is there's a new government, there's a new authority, there's a new power that's being returned back to mankind so you can fulfill the purpose for what you were created. You were not created for religion, you were not created for religious thing. Church is not a religious place. Church is basically a, a people of embassies and ambassadors who are sent here from heaven to instill the kingdom of God into this natural realm and usher in his government so that God can once again take over in every aspect, the earth realm. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 9. Some of you have never looked at the Bible this way. You've never looked at uh, the churches this way. But I'm telling you right now, until you get a view of this, you will continue to live in religiosity. You will continue to live not in victory but in defeat, basically because this is the key to understanding the Bible and the kingdom of God itself. All right, Isaiah chapter 9. Look at verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. Now notice, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, the government, the government, the religion, the religiosity, no, heaven. No, the government shall be upon his shoulders. So this tells you why Jesus came. Jesus came not to bring back religion, not to bring back heaven. He came to bring back a government, basically an authoritative figure over the earth realm who could then rule and reign. Now, if you stop and think about it and you study it, about 90% of everything that's messed up in the world today either came from two sources, from government or from religion. I mean, global hunger, health epidemics, wars, terrorism, racial conflicts, nuclear tensions, economic uncertainty, all comes from either dictatorships or religions come from government or religion. Throughout history, the biggest problem man has had that I have found is to get along with himself and get along with other people. Yet we all have the same notion. We all have the same desire. We all have our same utopia. We want to live in a place where there's peace and there's joy and our needs are met and everything's going good in our lives. This is what's instilled in the heart because that's the way man was created and that's the way it was supposed to be with the original government. But when Adam fell, he lost the kingdom, he lost his dominion, and at that time a kingdom of darkness, the Bible talks about, took over at that time. It corrupted man's nature. It corrupted the things that were here. And basically at that time, that that demonic entity had to be destroyed and defeated and moved out of the way and man had to be brought into the place where he first was when he was created on the earth realm. Now, you know, we celebrate in the church, we celebrate Christmas, the birth of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. We celebrate Good Friday. We celebrate Easter Sunday. We celebrate all these things. But notice, each one of these things is just another step towards God's big plan. 
In other words, God's plan wasn't just to get Jesus born. It wasn't just for Jesus to die. It just wasn't for Jesus to get raised. It was for him to get raised and instill righteousness and authority and power back to mankind so mankind could once again let them have dominion on this earth realm. That is the plan of God. All these others are steps. But the church celebrates the resurrection. They celebrate Pentecost. They celebrate all these things. Nobody celebrates the kingdom of God. Nobody celebrates that God's government has now entered back in. And where is the kingdom of God? It's not over here. It's not over there. But it's on the inside of each and every one of us. So this kingdom was placed on the inside of us by the Holy Ghost who came on the inside of us. And now we have the wisdom and power to go ahead and produce this kingdom in the natural realm. You have influence. You may not realize it, but you do. Now, maybe your influence ain't very good. Or maybe it's real good. I mean, you're going to have an influence one way or another. Every person you run into, everything you run into, everybody you talk to, you probably influence them one way or the other. Well, when we start lining up with the Spirit of God and the new nature that's on the inside of us when we became a new creation, we can now influence the people around us. I mean, you have plenty of chances right now to influence people who are full of fear, full of worry, full of depression. When you get around them, don't jump in the same boat with them and agree with them and pat them on the back. Bring them out from under their darkness into the knowledge of what the kingdom of God is like so that you can live out of that realm and think in line with that realm. So every time there's been a war someplace, every time there's been a battle someplace, immediately when that battle's over, the first thing man wants to do is create a government. Let's start a government. Let's, let's get some people. Let's, do, let's either do socialism. Let's do communism. Let's do this. And whatever they start to do once again after a period of time falls apart again because the only kingdom that's ever going to stand and ever is going to work is the kingdom or the government of God himself in this natural realm. All right, go to Genesis chapter 1. All right, Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. Now here we see creation. We see at this time there was basically chaos on the earth, there was darkness on the earth, there was voidness on the earth, and all at once a governmental agency from God came in and spoke. And when he spoke, things started to line up. All at once there was an earth, all at once there was water, all at once. What did he do? He gave sense to the chaos. He straightened it out. He got it into a position where it would line up the way God wants things. The creation of mankind was basically then to be a king or manager over this earth realm that God created. Notice when, when man was created, the earth was fine. There was no problems there. It wasn't falling apart. There wasn't chaos. There wasn't any of this stuff until he bowed his knee and rebelled against God's government. And as soon as he did that, then the kingdom of darkness came in. All right, go to Genesis chapter 2. I was telling Becky this week that I read the, the Bible so many times, I like to read sometimes the end. Sometimes when you read the end a lot, you know that whatever's going on right now is, is okay because you're going to get to the end, you know. And you read, and God created a new heavens, hallelujah, and a new earth, oh, glory to God. No more tears, no more this, no more that. But for so many years, I was taught that all I was supposed to do is get born again, die, and go to heaven. That was my whole life. Are you born again? Yeah. What are you going to do next? Die. Then what are you going to do? Go on to heaven. Well, there's no more pain, no more. But when I thought about it, why would God create a new heavens and a new earth if all of us were going to go to heaven and stay in heaven for all eternity? Why would God waste creating an earth when nobody's going to live there anyway? But when you study the Bible, he didn't create you to go to heaven. He created you so that you could reign on a new heavens and a new earth in a, in a righteous area, basically walking in the power of the Spirit of God. 
All right, Genesis chapter 2, look at verse 4. It says, These are the generations of heaven and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. Now, this tells you your purpose, basically, why God created man. You are of the species of man. Whether you're a man or a woman, you are of the species man, so this pertains to you. Basically, he's talking here about there was no growth on the earth. There was nothing going on on the earth. Nothing was happening on the earth. There wasn't any expansion on the earth. Why not? Because there was not a man to manage the earth or govern the earth at that time. Man was put here to work. He was here to manage. He was here to rule. He was here to bring orderly government to this earth. That's why you were created, to make sure God's government remained in this earth and basically ruled and reigned over everything. So the first commandment that God gave to man was let them or let you have dominion or authority, which we'll be talking about on Wednesday nights, to have dominion and authority over everything that's on the earth that's including the works of darkness. So basically we find out a couple things this morning already. Number one, government is God's idea. It was never man's idea, it was God's idea. Number two, the absence of correct government always leads to chaos and disorder. Now you can see that around the world. You look at Iran, you look at North Korea, you look at China, all these places, what is it? Bad government there is, is causing chaotic and problems and things there. So number one, government is God's idea. Number two, the absence or the lack of correct government leads to chaos and disorder. And number three, wherever there is chaos and disorder and lack of productivity, the answer is correct government. Hallelujah. So what's the answer to all the problems in the world? It is correct government or the government of God coming back into the earth realm so that earth once again lines up in every aspect the way the kingdom of God and the government of God is. All right, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, let's look at verse 19. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Notice this tells you here from Paul's statement that basically the rulership of God on the earth or government rulership not only affects the people, it affects the things on the earth. It affects the plants. It affects the sun. It affects the water. So all of creation is wanting the sons of God once again to be manifested with the kingdom of God on the inside of them into the earth realm because not only is it going to change the people, it's going to change our surroundings around us from everything that grows to everything that happens from the weather to everything else. So governing is a very important thing. The Bible says that we are co-laborers, not for God, but with God. So we are co-laborers. God created us. He said, hey, I want some sons to carry my, my kingdom. I want to colonize the earth realm. I want to take people out of heaven, put them on the earth realm the same way that I am. And by being the same way, they're going to put love in here. They're going to put joy in here. They're going to put peace in here. But the problem was when man fell, they lost all those things. And there was a different world order that came into the Bible calls the world. 
the world system. That is not just the earth. That is the system, the way of doing things here on the earth, the way governments operate, the way businesses operate. It's a world order that has to be taken over by the kingdom of God. And notice, before you're going to be effective as an ambassador from heaven, you're going to have to allow the kingdom of God to change you. That's why the Bible says repent. You cannot think stupidly according to the world system and expect to get God's results. It doesn't work that way. We are going to have to find out how God operates, what God wants, what his values are, what his morals are, what his intent is. And if we start to line up with them or become in right standing or righteousness with him, that's when all these things are then added to us. You won't even think about things anymore. You won't wonder if you need this or you need that. You'll be so intent on just furthering the kingdom of God through the nature and the change on the inside of you, that all these things will naturally be attracted to you. They will follow you. And in some place in Deuteronomy, says they will run you down, praise God. It'd be great to get to a place where you're running so fast and you can't keep ahead of money. You're just a racing and a running that money just keeps passing you and tackling you and getting your bank account and you try to give it away and it just keeps coming back again. It's so frustrating that I can't get rid of all this money that they're giving me out. <laughs> and you're going to have peace. Everybody else is freaking out and you're... Everybody says, what's the matter with you? Nothing. Nothing's the matter with me. I've been in the kingdom, and in my kingdom, and all this stuff isn't going on. It's already been provided all. It's already been taken care of. And I, I just got the peace. It passes all understanding. And after they ship you away to the funny farm. <laughs> See, because that's not the world system. See, the world has trained each and every one of us. Where the kingdom of God comes and all at once, God wants to line us up. And the reason why God even gives us rules and laws is not because he's mean. Now, we always look at laws as bad. Make those stupid laws. I ain't going to buy those stupid laws. Those laws that come from God are to protect you, not make it rough on you. In other words, he says certain things because he created you, and since he created you, he might know what's better for you than you do. So when he tells you these things, every time you line up, when you walk in unforgiveness, there's a peace in your life. When you don't walk in unforgiveness, you've got that feeling. And every time somebody mentions that person, I forgave them. How many know you didn't? You may have tried to, but you did. Well, that's not good for you. That's not good for your blood pressure. That's not good for your bones. That's not good for any part of you. So God says, I want you to live a long life. I want you to live a happy life. I want to live a life. So I put rules and laws, and I've given you my government to follow. And as you follow my government rather than the world system, basically you're going to line up in every area of your life, and you're going to live a not only life, but life more abundantly. All right, go to Exodus 19. So God basically ended up in predicament. He made mankind. He sent him to earth. They were supposed to be his representatives of what was going on. Man fell. And basically at that time, then God was dealing with people in the Old Testament at this time. Look at Exodus 19, verse 5. God says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of who? Israel. So what's God going to do? God says, I'm going to start over again. I'm going to take this Israel, and I'm going to make them a prototype of the kind of government that I want here. So he says, if, say if. How many of that is an important word? It's all over the Bible. If you will obey my voice, if you will follow me, if you will change the lineup, I am going to make you a kingdom of blessing, a kingdom of health, a kingdom of victory. And every other nation is going to see Israel and say, we want to be like you. But how many of you know Israel didn't like that plan? 
They said, we don't want you as a king. We want a natural king like everybody else has got because that's what they do and that's what we want to do too. So God said, okay, I'm going to give you a natural king, but guess what? You're going to end up in a mess just like all the other governments of the world. So basically he gave them a natural king and at that time things didn't change. They went good, they went bad, they did right, they did wrong and their whole thing about fell apart basically because they did not do what God wanted them to do with the if. So God tried to get his government in at that time, but he didn't. So every time now since... Even the last 2,000 years and further, man continually tries to set up his form of government because his form of government is going to be the one that makes everything great. We're going to do socialism. Everybody gets everything for free. That's the way to do it. Well, that lasts about three weeks. And then once the government wants everything and the people can't even get a loaf of bread someplace. Well, communists, that's the answer. Well, communists not only wants your stuff, it wants your land, it wants everything, praise God. And it promotes itself on love. But how many have lived don't really work that well, praise God, in that. So we got all these governments. We got dictatorships. And to be honest with you, and I'm going to say this, the kingdom of God is a dictatorship. You know, we hear the word dictatorship and we say, geez, I don't want to be done. Look at the dictatorships out of there. Venezuela and all these people, they're all done. But God wants a dictatorship. There is a difference between a dictator who is loving, who is kind, who is merciful, who loves his people, and one who wants everything for themselves. So God is a dictatorship. He is the king, praise God. Jesus is king, and he is the king of kings, which we are here on the earth realm. So basically, the more we submit to the king, the more things line up in our life, and the more things start to get better in our life. That's why Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is not religion. It is the government of God coming back to straighten things out again. The kingdom concept is the only system of government that's going to work in this earth realm. People talk right now about everybody trying to do a one world order. And basically in, in the natural realm, that's slowly happening. That's slowly taking place. But the answer to everything is a one world order, but that world order must be under God rather than under some man who is down here. Sooner or later, God is going to take over this earth. He's going to put us down in our place. We're going to be able to rule and reign. We're going to have a righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, and everything's going to be fine. But this is the spiritual aspect of it. It's not going to come through the natural realm. So the Bible is about a king. It's about a kingdom, and it's about a royal family, who you are. It's not about religion. It's not about any other thing but a government of God coming back to the earth. So if you don't understand this, if you don't understand government, you're going to read the Bible and you're going to get a bunch of different stuff out of it that's sort of flaky and sort of floaty out there. You know, things that don't even matter. Well, many times in my life, I was basically praying for things and wasting my time for things that I didn't understand that the kingdom had already given me as a citizen. So basically, I'm looking for all that. I was told just to have enough faith, just to do this, just to believe God, and everything's going to work out, and I'd pray, and I'd do it, and shout, and scream, and dance around all night, and none of that stuff did any good, because basically, it's different in the kingdom of God. It's under a government. So what are some of the things of a kingdom? Well, first of all, there is a king, one king. Don't vote the king out, not going to vote him in or out. He is the king because of creation. He created these things. So the number one aspect of a kingdom is basically there is a king. What does he want to do? He wants to expand his territory with his nature. He wants to expand it with his, his morality and everything else. That's what a king does. Number two, there must be a territory. You cannot be a king over nothing. You have to be king over something. So there must be a territory. That's why it's called a king dumb because dumb basically means domain a place so what is a kingdom it's where a king is the ruler over a 
domain. Now, God's domain is where? It's in heaven, isn't it? Man's domain is where? It's on earth. So our kingdom is our rulership down here. God does not need you to come up in heaven and help him rule. He's got it under control. Everything's fine up there. He wants us to rule and reign down here. That's why he created us. So number one, a king. Number two, a territory. Number three, every kingdom has something called a constitution. A constitution. What does it do? It basically expresses the mind and the will of the king for the citizens in the kingdom. The king creates the constitution, and he also will uphold the constitution. Number four, there are citizens. Citizenship is not a right. It is a privilege. The king, God, Jesus said, you haven't chosen me. I have what? Chosen you. He's chosen us to be citizens. He's chosen us to be sons. He's making a citizen in this kingdom with a constitution here on the earth under the king who is the king of heaven. Now, as a citizen, you have benefits and you have privileges and you have rights just like any other government. We're in the United States, and basically, if I want to get a driver's license, since I'm a citizen, how many know I can get a driver's license? If somebody tells me I can't have a driver's license, how many know I'm not going to pray to the government for them to give me a driver's license? Not going to do that because it's not something you've got to pray for. It's basically something that belongs to you that you have to get and receive, basically, because it's already a right for you. I found out when I started understanding the kingdom of God that many of the things that I was begging God for are my legal rights. Hallelujah. Health is a legal right in the kingdom of God. Once you enter in the kingdom of God, health is a byproduct of entering the kingdom of God. Salvation is a byproduct of entering the kingdom of God. Peace is a byproduct of entering. Power is a byproduct. Authority is a byproduct. All I did was enter into a country. How did I do it? I got born again. How did you become a U.S. citizen, most of us? Got born so we got born in as citizens, all the citizen things that belong to us. How many of you know it's all right to own a gun? You don't have to pray and ask the government if you can have a gun or not. It's a legal right that's been given to each and every one of us. So in the kingdom of God, when you move into the kingdom, you have legal rights. You have legal rights to all your needs being met according to his riches and glory. You have all these things given to you. These belong to us. These are not things that you have to try to manipulate God to get. Crying and bawling really doesn't help. God knows how I feel. Yes, he does. But he wants you to act legally, basically, in order to get what belongs to you. Number five, a kingdom has the law. The law is standards and principles established by a king. There are spiritual laws, and there are also natural laws. And here's the thing about laws. They work for all. They work whether you know the laws or whether you don't know the laws. They work. They've already been put into place. They are there. You climb up top of a 10-story building, you jump off. It doesn't matter whether you knew about gravity or not. All that matters is you're going to go down and you're going to hit the cement and that's going to be the end of you. Why? Because it is a law. Now, you can jump off the building and pray for God to help you, and maybe he will, but I would suggest not jumping. See, understanding the law the first time. So as you understand the laws that God for you, and they work for everybody, and what's so good about the laws of God is you, when, you, when you walk in line with them, they always give you blessing. They always give you good things. All the promises of God are good things. They're yea and amen. So basically when I obey the laws, these good things start happening in my life. And if they're laws, then they'll work whether you're in the ghetto or whether you're in Beverly Hills. As long as you keep the laws, they hook you up with a different economy, which is heaven's economy, and you can prosper, get yourself out of your mess, do whatever, simply by hooking up with a kingdom that has more stuff. My God shall supply all my needs according to 
not my riches, not the government, not where I live, not what color I am, not how old I am, nothing else according to his riches and glory. So I want to get under the laws of God. I want to be a tither. I want to be a giver. What am I doing? I'm walking in the laws of God and it promises me promises on the back if you do these things. So laws are important. You need to study the laws of the kingdom of God. Number six, there are privileges. Privileges are basically benefits. Once again, a lot like a lot like the uh, other things that God has given you in his promises. Number seven, it has a code of ethics. It has a moral standard, deals with your personal conduct, your personal attitude, your personal attire, and your manner of life is expected. Now, just from living in the world right now, how many of you know the moral standard of heaven differs somewhat from the moral standard of the earth right now? Why is that? Because man, whether they're in a democracy, whether no matter what kind of government in, they have the they have the possibility of getting together and changing those moralities and changing those laws. But when you're under a king, once he makes the law, that law is a law and that moral thing is a moral, whether you like it or not, that's not the way it's going to be. So even in a democracy that we live in, and most of us have lived in forever, that is a government for the people and that is a government by the people. Why did we instigate that? Because we didn't want to be under a dictatorship. We saw what that would do. So we started democracy. Let the people have the voice. Let's do that. And that's a good form of government and works for quite a while. But the problem is, as the news media and as government officials start to get in the minds of the people, they start voting for things that aren't exactly lined up with God because they've been manipulated in their thought life. So they start changing the name of things. They start changing the way things actually are. You know, way back when abortion started, I was a young boy at that time, and basically abortion was basically put in for the effect that if you got, got raped and got pregnant, then abortion would get you out of the mess that you basically got in. That's where it started. But that was just a starting place. Then abortion is all at once. It's not even a baby. It's a fetus. All at once, it's nothing but a, a blob. All at once, it's no longer abortion. It's giving the woman's her rights. And it always deals with compassion. Don't you love women? Don't you care about the women out there? How can you not let them get an abortion? If you, What did that do? It manipulated the minds of the people. It brought in something that's not lined up with the morality of God. See, democracy is great as long as it's hooked to the Holy Ghost. But we've taken the Holy Ghost out of church, we've taken him out of schools, we've taken him out of every play else. So basically democracy is operating without the main key element, which is the Spirit of God to begin with. One nation under who? God. Under God. Not under people's opinion, not under what people want to do, but under God himself. So these things have changed. And what that does, it, it perverts the purpose for something that God created. Now, now there's something that they call same-sex marriage. Well, how many know that same-sex marriage wasn't even thought about when I was a kid? I mean, it didn't, but it was put in, it was put in, it was put in, it was put in. And what does it do? It perverts the morality of God. Why did God create a man and a woman and, and get them together so that they could be fruitful and multiply the earth? Hallelujah. Well, now we got same-sex marriage that about everybody says yay for right now. But notice, how is that going to fulfill the purpose that God originally created it for? It can't do it. So what is it? It's perversion. They perverted marriage into a place where it cannot even fulfill the purpose that it is. Abortion basically is, women think it's their right, it is basically denying their purpose for existing. Why is that? Why, was, why did God create woman? He created woman so man would not be alone or all one. What, what was woman's job or why was she created? To bring what was in man out of man so we'd have more men. See, if there was never a woman made, we'd still have Adam. 
But since there was Eve made, then Eve brought forth more and brought forth more. We brought forth my two kids out of the inside of her. We brought them forth out of the inside of me through my wife, basically. Well, if you're going to do abortion, every baby that's being killed is directly against the purpose for which the woman was created to begin with. And they got women thinking that it's their right to do this, not understanding they're killing their own purpose for the reason they were created to begin with. So these things get perverted. I don't know why I went over there, but we're coming back here. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, number eight. Every kingdom has a military and has an army. Has a military and has an army. Now notice, let's just look at the United States. In the United States, we have an army. We have a military, and it's a darn good one. But I want you to see that the citizens who are in the country are not the army. The citizens who are in the kingdom are not the military. The military is completely separate than the citizens. The church has taught for years that we are a mighty army. You're not even supposed to be fighting right now. You already have something called in the spiritual realm angels who are a mighty army. What did Jesus say? I'm not of this world because if I was of this world, I'll tell you what, I just call on these angels. They come down here and kick your behind me before it's over with. Why is it? I have an opportunity to call my army. So we're not fighting as a church. We're not the army of God. We're not doing this and doing that. No, we have access to an army though. You know, in the natural realm, somebody breaks into my house. What am I going to do? I'm going to call 911. And what do I expect? I expect them to show up horns a-blazing, fire, whatever they got to do to get to my house and help me. Why? Because I'm a citizen of the United States and I get protection because I am a citizen. Well, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God and you get protection there too if you'll allow your army to do your work rather than you. Too busy trying to fight your own fights all the time. Call on the angels. The angels hearken unto your voice. When you speak, praise God, they will answer you. So what do you do? By prayer, when you get in a situation, you just call 911. Praise God. You call the angels. So the army is the angels. And number nine, the last one is commonwealth. Glory to God. In the kingdom of God, there is commonwealth. That means there are no have or have nots. There are not the rich and there are not the poor. Everybody in the kingdom has the same access to finances, basically, as the other person does. You have the same access to the kingdom of God as everyone else has of the kingdom of God. So basically, commonwealth is available. Another term for it is welfare, and that's a terrible word. Nobody likes the word welfare because we've never been under a gracious, loving Father who wants to provide. How much more will your Heavenly Father give good things that they did? Your Father already knows the things that you need. What's He trying to say? I'm not like the ones you've been under before. I'm not like the dictators. I'm not like other. No, I'm one who wants to give welfare to everybody, wants to get them in our kingdom, wants them to line up so that all things will be added unto them. So some of the programs of the kingdom of God, basically the kingdom of God has a health program. The United States has a health program. The kingdom's better. You know what the kingdom program is? Healing. Amen. Health. Promised to you in the kingdom of God. It belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. Number two, it has an education system. Now we have the school system. We have colleges in the kingdom of God. You have the teaching through someone by the name of the Holy Ghost. And how many know he's a good one? Amen. Number three, it has a taxation system. What would that be? Tithing. Thank you. Tithing. Tithing is a taxation system of the kingdom. I want you to understand today that the kingdom of God is a government. It's not something spooky. It's not something irregular. It's just like the other kingdoms basically in the world and the other governments, only this is the one that will actually work. It has a communication system, which is the gifts of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. How I many you know tongues directly connects you with heaven? It's heaven's language, praise God. Hallelujah. When we get up there, I believe we'll all be speaking in tongues probably. There probably won't be no more English. 
All right, there's also an administration system, the administration of kingdom affairs through mankind, and that is done through the embassies called the church. That is you. That is your responsibility. It also has an economy. Its economy is on giving and receiving, seed time and harvest time. So as you can see, the kingdom of God is directly related to natural kingdoms, to natural governments. All right, go to Revelations chapter 11. When you look at it from a natural perspective, you're going to understand that there are certain things in your life that you just got to tell the devil are yours. And when you do that, you'll have no problems with that issue anymore because they're legal rights. They're not if God will, if God won't, if somebody else will, if I feel a goosebump. They are legal things that have been given to us as citizens of the kingdom of God. All right, Revelations chapter 11. Look at verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign how long? Forever. Now this is telling you about the end days here. What's going to happen? The kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. Now, how's that going to take place? Well, a lot of it's going to take place by us ushering in the kingdom of God in our own lives into this natural realm. And he shall reign forever and ever. All right, go back to Revelations chapter 5. If you get chance this week, if you get time, you just need to pick up the book of Daniel. Read Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7. You're going to see where all this stuff is already in the Bible. It's already been there. It was in a dream a long time ago. It shows the different kingdoms from Rome to all the way down to Europe to all the way down to the next one. And as you read that, it will show the different kingdoms that progressed. And when one kingdom fell, another kingdom came, another kingdom came, another kingdom came. But then it gets to the final war. A kingdom comes out of a rock not made with hands. And that rock comes down and smashes every other kingdom to fine powder, and they all blow away with the wind. What's it talking about? The invasion of the kingdom of God that's going to come and smash every other manly government that's there, every worldly government, every government that came out of the minds of men, and the rock not moved out of hands, which is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, and upon this I will build. Now notice, he doesn't say I will build the church. He says I will build now, the reason he says mine is because there's some churches that aren't, and there's some churches that are. Yeah, just put that out there for now, praise God. All right, Revelations chapter 5. Right, some churches are from the rock and by the rock and in the kingdom of God, and some churches are just religious things out there that aren't lined up. All right, Revelations chapter 5. All right, we'll back up a little bit because this is too good. Look at verse 6. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat upon it. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of orders, and are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for Thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, every tongue, every people, every nation. How many know this is talking about Jesus Christ and your deliverance and redemption? Verse 10, And has made us unto our God, what? Kings, Kings and priests, and we shall what? Reign. We shall live in heaven forever and ever and ever. No, we shall reign where? 
here on earth. Now, I want to show you one more quick thing before we go this morning. Look at verse 10. And has made us unto our God what? Has made us what? Kings and priests. priests. Now, notice, everybody wants to separate church and state. That's a man-made thing. God never separated church and state. He wants us not only to be priests, have a relationship with Him, be holy, be in the church, be etc., but He also wants us to be the governing rules at the same time. We're a government, yes, but we have a relationship with God. We've separated the two. You've got government here, and you've got the church over here. No, the church and the government are the same according to God because we are kings. We're not just priests. So we're not only kings, but we also have a relationship with the king. That's why we can rule down here as kings the way we're supposed to rule down here because we have a connection with God up there. You cannot separate king and state or you cannot separate priest and king basically they're two in one and that's what God originally did but we have separated that hallelujah so you're a king this morning hallelujah you're a priest this morning you have a connection with God you now belong to the government of God itself now you need to go in here need to find out what what the king's desires are what is his will for my life and everybody else's life what are the laws I mean, you know, when you disobey laws in the natural realm, you lose some of your rights. When you go to jail, you can't drive around the block anymore. You can't do the things you used to do while you're unlawful. We can be unlawful without even knowing we're unlawful unless you understand the laws that are in the kingdom of God. So God gave us this book. What for? To study this book so that it could walk, we could talk in the kingdom of God and live in victory in every single area of our life and be an influence, especially in the times we're living right now. You can be the salt of the earth and you can be the light of this world if you just get on kingdom thinking and do the way kingdom things are supposed to be done in your life. Hallelujah. I want to remind you one more time, we are back here, thank God, next week. Uh, We invite you to come on in, hallelujah. If you're looking for your religious seat, you may not find it because we changed the seating around a little bit. So you're going to have to find a new seat, a new, new seat that you really like, praise God. So... Hallelujah. All right, let me pray for you before you go. Father, first of all, let me pray for the mothers. I thank you, Father, for the mothers, not only at TCVC, but all over the world. My mother, everybody's mother, we thank you, Lord God, for, for, what, you, for what you've done in their lives so far and for the blessings that have come forth out of their lives. Father, I thank you that today they would feel more love than they ever felt before and they would come to understand that your kingdom has, has a design, has a purpose, has a plan for them yet in their lives. Father, I thank you for a special blessing upon their lives. I declare them health this year, freedom this year, prosperity this year and glory this year in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray for everyone who sees this thing today that they would just have to go over it maybe over and over again, but understand that you are a king, you are a good governor, you are one who's going to rule in righteousness and holiness and peace and joy. And we, Father, we thank you and we pray your kingdom come and your will be done in this earth just as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I didn't hear you. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added.